Hello, everyone. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the creator and producer of Editor Knows Best, which is the podcast you are listening to right now. And we specialize in bringing topics and um, recommendations, advice, and resources to authors and writers. And we do have a very special guest today. He is an Army veteran, uh, a father-to-be, and the father of a one-year-old daughter. He writes children's books, notes, music, and poetry. And he released his debut book, Darla's Scarf, and he's currently working on his second book. I'm really excited for this interview today. Thank you so much, Chris Sykes, for joining us. Um, thanks. Um, it, it's great to have you. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that, Katyra. Um, it's a pleasure to be on this uh, platform. Thank you know, you. you get opportunities and just trying to see where the opportunities take me. Sure. Thanks so much. So do you mind telling myself and also our listeners a little bit more about uh, your, your debut book, Darla's Scarf? Um, Darla's Scarf just really started as something to occupy my time while I was deployed. You uh, tend to get quite a bit of time to yourself. Um, and it gives you a lot of time to think because you, you find yourself in a lot of peace. So I decided to Hold on one second. I think we're having a little bit of video audio issues here. I can hear you. Yeah, I just decided to take a chance on writing a story and creating something different. Uh, I had a story, I had an idea, I ran with it, I started writing from there. And I just I just depicted this this young lady who would learn a lesson out of the ideals of what objects mean to people. Okay. So this scarf to her meant a lot, but there was a really bigger lesson in the story. So Darla's scarf was just, it was a, a work of art and a piece of love, you know, okay. something that meant a lot to me because of what I had actually going on at the time and what I was able to produce from it. Okay. Uh, was there a specific uh, situation or experience that um, inspired you to write this story? Or did you pull on different, um, I guess, different things? When I was deployed, I had an opportunity to read a abundance of books. Mm -hmm. So I would say that personally, I was like the melting pot of readers okay. because my book reading would go anywhere from Harry Potter all the way to murder mysteries, all the way back to um, The Lightning Thief. Okay. So I had an opportunity to read a lot and I decided to say, you know what? I would like to give this a shot mm -hmm. and I took it and it seems that it's been doing quite well for me for the time being and I hope that it <clears> continues <throat> to do so. I have a very large imagination and I consider myself an abstract thinker so when I put the characters to paper it tends to come out very fluidly. Awesome and did you tradition did you publish traditionally or did you self-publish your book? I self-published. I went through um, Ingram Sparks. I had a lot of uh, support especially considering coming from authors that are starting and authors that have done it already just saying you know hey what do you need what can we do what would help you make this work out better and through the advice that i got from them it helped me to uh look into ingram sparks uh obviously amazon kdp things of that nature i did a little bit of trial and error on some places but we we originally landed on ingram sparks and now i believe we're in ebooks and kdp right now on amazon Okay. And what was that, what was that experience like for you? And what would you recommend to our listeners who are primarily, you know, new authors, um, you know, or even current authors? Um, what would you recommend based on your experience? And what was that like for you? I would recommend having as best as you can, some frame of a realistic view of this outcome. Um, and I know that's kind of hard to say because obviously one would never know if they've never been on a platform. But when I say realistic view, I mean, don't think this is, you're going to write it and it'll be published in out in the world in two days or a week or something of the sort. This is a labor of love and it's a lot of research. I mean, you have someone or people, shall I say, that are capable of putting the pen to paper and just writing stories and hours, sometimes days. Um, the labor of love comes from the idea and continuing to stay in line with the idea, beginning, a plot, and an end. 
seems very rudimentary, but it, it takes you a long way. So for new authors, I would say, do your research, make a decision. What type of body of work do you want to put out? I knew from the beginning, I wanted to put out a good body of work. And the reason why I'm saying that is because there is some definitely financial draws that come along with this process. And a lot of people probably thinking that, oh, you can just write a book and mm. self-publish it for free. <laughs> that is not true. That is not true at all. So have a realistic outlook on it. Have a financial budget where you're planned and prepared and, and willing to pay for it. You know, and understand that this process, mind you, this process took me over a decade. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why I say this is because I wrote the books uh, and then I just sat on them, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. I just sat on them and I continued to live life. Um, after I got out of the military, I just, I had this, this, this fire underneath me to, to see what was possible. So I looked at it and I said, hey, let's see what we can do. And I move forward and I'm gonna continue moving forward. It's been well since then. Awesome, that's awesome. Thanks so much for uh, dropping those nuggets and giving us that information. So what was your favorite and least favorite part of the publishing experience? Um, I would say the layout. I would say the layout and the illustrations. Um, if I can just give a shout out to Paul J. Santiago. He's my illustrator. I mean, his artwork is fantastic. His ability to see, um, redistribute your vision, it's fantastic. That was awesome. I think the idea that I can think something, convey it to you, and we meet in the middle at that same idea, that is such a invigorating feeling. That was probably one of the best things I can ever feel and then seeing the layout, it was just like, oh man, this is real. This is no longer an idea, it's tangible. I can feel it, I can see it, you know. Uh, the worst, <laughs> the worst I would say was understanding that, oh man, I, I hate to be a pessimist, but understanding that sometimes at every turn, there might be a dollar amount for you. Right. It's, it's, it's really tough to understand because you, you're starting to think like, well, man, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to do this. You know, ISBN numbers, barcodes, uh, print on demand, you know, getting the copies for yourself. Before you get the coffee, get a proof coffee. And how long does that take? So that was, that was a really hard pill for me to swallow because there were points where I thought this was it and that my, my investment was complete and I was wrong, really wrong. And um, I think finally, for those who have never done this before, I had a little bit of difficulty with my PDF to EPUB uploading. So I would say on your way, on your journey, find somebody who's really good at layouts and conversions. I did not know that, and that almost made me quit my book altogether yeah. because I was trying to put upload my book to Ingram Sparks um, but it was PDF, but they would not accept the particular PDF that it was in. Mm -hmm. So that was a whole journey, like almost a two week investment that pushed me back to where I already had a time frame for the book to be out. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind, use your resources, definitely find somebody who can convert books for you. Yes. Thank you again for sharing that. I'm sure that's very useful uh, for our listeners. And I'm an editor, but I'm also an author. So I can definitely attest to all that you shared. I, I went through a hybrid publisher. So, you know, you are right. As far as costs, it can definitely add up. Um, so how did you find your illustrator, your editor? Uh, where did you look for those professionals to help you with, with completing your book? Um, this is interesting because I am like bah humbug when it comes to social media, to be okay. honest with you, because of the time that it takes away from you. Uh, but to be honest with you, if you use social media right, I think it's one of the most amazing platforms in the world. And honestly, that's exactly what I did. I just put myself out there. I said, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I put myself into author groups, illustrator groups. Um, I looked for anything that had anything to do with writing. And I just started getting hits back. I started opening my social media up to having 
Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, even a TikTok video, you know, um, you never know what stage or platform will become available to you to meet someone. And through using that, I ended up meeting my illustrator, Paul J. Santiago. Um, as a matter of fact, you can find him on my page for Chris R. Sykes Facebook and Chris R. Sykes on my website for uh, the book itself. And we started talking. Uh, first of all, I just want to clarify, this man is a godsend. That the work that he did for me and understanding, I don't think I could ever probably approach that again. So that was definitely it. It was just using user platforms. You know, I know a lot of people are really kind of standoffish when it comes to social media, but use your platforms. It's definitely worth it. Uh, first of all, not only for yourself, if you think about it and you take away the selfishness of it, or let's just say the selflessness, in a sense, in you helping me, I'm helping you. And I hope that people can look at that as opposed to somebody's taking something from them. So I don't look at it as that way. I look at it as like, we're helping one another. And I find that in the authors groups, in the illustrators groups, I find that in this community, that it is a really, really strong and that ability to just, hey, we're gonna support you. What can we get you? What can we help you with? What do you need? We'll send you to somewhere. Hey, this worked, this didn't. It's awesome. It feels like I'm literally back in the military. Yes, I definitely agree. <clears throat> Social media is a very powerful tool and resource if you if you use it correctly. So um, I second that, and I'm sure our lesson, listeners definitely appreciate that. So I know that you are ecstatic about your illustrator, and that's great. I will definitely uh, check him out. Um, but as an editor, I'm always curious to know what that process is like for the author. So did you self-edit, or did you have an editor? What did that uh, look like for you with Darla's scarf? <laughs> oh, that was a whole nother headache in itself. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I was not a big fan of English in high school. Uh, I could write all day, but those who can teach, teach. Those who can't, cannot. So I can write, but I am not an editor at all. Uh, that was a process. And this kind of ties back into what I was speaking of earlier, which is that sometimes the dollar amount may dissuade you from continuing. Because the truth is, is that however, I would tell you to put yourself out there. Sometimes when you put yourself out there, that also leaves you vulnerable. And the reason why I, 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 I highlight that was because during this time, I may have been taken advantage of once or twice uh, from a financial gain standpoint. But like I said, I had a realistic view. I had a goal and I wanted to stick to it. Uh, the reason why I say it was, it, was, it was difficult because you can find someone to edit your book and then get someone else. And then that other editor will be like, I can't believe they didn't catch this. So have a realistic view, you know, uh, be prepared to say that either I'm gonna take this person for face value or get somebody else to do it. Check it, what is it say, check it and check it twice. But also keep in mind that there is a retainer for these, for these jobs is happening. I do not personally feel, I honestly, I would say I don't feel confident that I could have completed the work of the editing, the way that they did. They did a great job. Um, they were very good with uh, communicating back and forth with me. And that becomes an issue. Uh, because of today's world, obviously, uh, considering COVID-19 and everything like that, as maybe we would have had an opportunity to say, hey, I would love to meet you in a coffee shop. That's no longer a possibility. We're talking with people, I talk with people in the UK Right. Um, in Australia, you know, uh, like I said, this is a very vast community. But with that being said, sometimes because they have a life going on, your response might not be as fast as you want. So like, right. hey, I'm going to send you a file, but I can only send you certain pieces of the file. Yeah. I can't send you the whole file, you know, and, and mm -hmm. sometimes some people and, and forgive me because I do not mean to speak bad on anyone but they may not have the technology that you have. Right. So there are different uh, venues to use, Google, uh, Google Documents, uh, uh, sometimes Word, but that doesn't necessarily mean it. Adobe PDF, uh, Adobe PDF Pro. Once again, something that you have to pay for. The reason why I bring that up is because it's gonna make the difference 
and how many processes it takes to send a full complete PDF to you. So that was that was a little bit of, of, a, of a gray area there with getting pieces of what they corrected. I had to read it myself, which was kind of like, um, okay. So yeah, it, it, was, it was a journey. It was definitely a journey. Awesome. So how did you find your editor? Uh, once again, uh, putting myself out there. Facebook. Okay. Okay. Uh, so initially I, uh, first well, I'll, 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 I'll backtrack a little bit. I have a, a very awesome support network in my family. I'll say that, uh, a lot of the, my family members are very successful. So I look to them for advice at oftentimes. And, uh, one of, one of my family members, uh, Maisha Mosley, she gave me some great advice, which was to say, you know what, just, just start looking, start doing research, just start, which is, it's, it seems so simple, you know, but you, you ever seen the, the group of people that brainstorm for 17 hours to fix yes. a problem that only took an hour. And, and so basically that's what I did. I said, well, how do I do this? How do I start? How do I, she's like, just go on Facebook, look for a group, mm -hmm. find an author's group, find an illustrator's group, go to your, to your post, Post, hey, my name is such and such. I'm looking for this. And I did it and it came back. Um, also, with that being said, that was my second editor. My first editor, I actually met through, through LinkedIn. Okay. So, yeah, so I had to go back and update all of my, uh, obviously, uh, communication apps. So I went back to LinkedIn. I updated that as now I'm an author, even prior to publishing the book. Right. I follow through, I consider this is what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna add it to. When I did that, I found a gentleman, uh, John Sciara, Sakara, through LinkedIn. At that time, there was nothing going on, so we actually had an opportunity to meet. We went through the manuscript, uh, we did it once, um, we did it again, and then I ended up meeting someone else through Facebook. And I went back one more time before I got it published, because remember, this is a, a time of love here. So this has been an enduring project. Awesome. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you, you know, understood the importance of, of the editing process and that it makes a, a huge difference in your work and that you were willing to have it reviewed, you know, multiple times before you published it. So I'm glad that you shared that with our listeners. I'm sure they definitely appreciate um, you giving us that feedback. So did you, okay, so you, I know you said you didn't do any self-editing. That wasn't really your forte. So I'm glad that you, you know, um, relied on a professional to do that for you. So when you're writing, does it usually energize you or exhaust you? Uh, writing is, is like, um, how do I explain this? How do I make this a, a tangible feeling? You were reading one of your really, really good books, uh, but you're around people, you're kind of isolated, and you catch that one part of that book that makes you feel like giddy. I feel like that's how writing is. Um, I remember I was reading the Game of Thrones, and there were so many uh, 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 climax, there were so many uh, different parts um, that you're, if you're in a room and you find yourself, you just find yourself laughing and that, that really good feeling like you, you, mm -hmm. you just become one with the book. That's how I feel writing is mm -hmm. like, I just, it's just, I feel so happy just to, just to start flowing because it's create, it's creativity. To me, that's, you can't buy it. You can't, you can't own it to be honest with you because sometimes it goes away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's either you just possess it and, and you just use it. And I think personally that when it comes to writing books, it just, it just comes out. I brainstorm it for quite some time, but it's a really chaotic brainstorming. It's, um, I'm going to eat and I think about a, a line and, I, and I, I come up with an idea and I just start to figure out how do you script this idea. So, yeah, I... Um, I love it. I, I love the idea of writing. It makes me feel so good. Uh, if you are a true writer, I think at this point, either you have a note or something on your phone full of stories that are half <laughs> open ended, 
and you got to have a piece of paper or a napkin or something that right. has an idea on it. It's it's so necessary. Um, it it I think it I think it invigorates you. I think it enlivens you, and and you start to see like okay, there's one of these I want to finish. You know, um, so I think when an author comes out with one book, I think personally they probably actually already have like twenty. Right, and the um, coming down the pike, right? <laughs> yeah, if I could, if I could say something about what we just talked about prior to that, I probably could have edited the book on my own. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what my success level would have been with it, but. If I could um, impede on people, you're putting these books out to the children of the world. You know, <laughs> they go to school to learn grammar. So that's, that's a lot of responsibility. You know, there's a lot of homes that will be reading this book. And in a sense, it's, it's, it's educational you know, because they're learning how to use their words. They're learning how to put together compound sentences. They're learning where apostrophes and where a period is put. So I, I do, I do really respect that, you know, that having those editors come in and saying, okay, hey, this is where this is supposed to be. This is the right place. And that's why I didn't want to edit it because it's a lot, it's a lot of responsibility to say, I'm going to put this into your child's home. And then when your child goes to school and puts a sentence together, like, where'd you learn that from? Right. I, I think that's a really, that's a big weight. I hope people really take that seriously, you know, because it, it is, it is possible to put out a piece of work that is just something that you just wanted to do. Definitely. Definitely. You know? Yeah. And thanks so much for, for sharing that again. Um, and again, realizing that, you know, you should pass that on to somebody else and knowing that isn't your strong suit. So i um, definitely appreciate that. Um, so you did mention uh, briefly, you know, that authors who've already been published probably have something in the works. So are you currently working on any projects that listeners can look forward to? I am working on two projects um, with an intent to continue Dollar Scarf as a series, first of all. So I would say sometime around next year, definitely be looking for Darla's Scarf uh, 2 to come out. But right now, currently, I'm working on The Adventures of William and Christopher, another educational lesson. And it goes on this family of apes that are on an island. And there's this huge tree. Uh, this huge tree is, is folklore to say that once you climb it, the horizon is so beautiful that a tear drops. Amongst the family, there's a son, a father, and a mother. Uh, they climb trees all the time. The son was climbing the tree with the mother, and unfortunately, the mother fall, and unfortunately, the son did not want to climb anymore. So it's actually, it's, it's a lesson in there that courage and that sometimes, even though there's setbacks, you can still make it, and the father basically picks him back up, and, and they, they, they do make it. So that's in the works. It's actually already written. It's going okay. through editorial processes, and getting the artwork done and completed for that. Um, I'm a life person. I wouldn't consider myself a very largely intellectual. I figure myself wise by life. And when I write these books and I consider children and I consider the lessons that they learn is through what they see. It's, it's, it's very big for me to say, you know what? Let me put a lesson in this story and make it interesting to read. Awesome. Um, yeah, thanks so much for, you know, sharing information about the upcoming project. That definitely sounds exciting, and I will keep my eyes open for that. Um, do you explore, um, well, can you tell us a little bit more about um, your poetry writing? I know that's one of the genres that you focus on, but where did that stem from? Uh... Have you ever... Have you ever heard somebody say that young man or young woman was made to play basketball, was made to play tennis, was made to play football? Um, when you think about that statement, sometimes I just, I feel like I was born to write. Uh, I have a very unique background with uh, some family members passing at an earlier time uh, than normal. 
and it, it led to me being able to tap into a very sensitive and emotional side of me. Uh, so my outlet or, or you know, for, for lack of better words, my way to cope with it was through writing. So my poetry was how I spoke, you know, how I, how I conveyed how I feel. I love the idea of poetry because you can explain someone to somebody in plain words and it's so beautiful because you can interpret it how it interacts with you and your situation and I could have meant something completely different but it's okay because it's beautiful that you can interpret it however you choose to you know so for me that that was a really big one I have been looking for avenues to actually start um, moving forward with that, maybe a poetry's corner. I've been thinking about starting a web page or something of the sort. But right now, my main focus was, let's get this out. Let's get this out, and it's out, and there's more to come, and it's it's been enjoyable. I just I can't wait to keep going. Yeah, and um, I I know we mentioned earlier. I know that you are currently a father and a father to be. Have you read Darla's Scarf to your daughter already? I have, I have, but trying to read a book to an eight-month-old, which was when it came out, um, is very interesting because it was like, and this happened and her mindset, she was like, I just want to rip the book up. I think that's probably the best thing. So, but I did read it to her. Um, for me, I think that was more, I got a benefit out of it than she did, but it's okay. The great thing about it is that because of today's media world, it's going to always exist. So she's going to always be able to pull it up and say, look, my father did this and I will continue to read it to her. And she gets all of the good stories that hasn't been put out to the world yet. So it's, it's fantastic. I, as a matter of fact, my, my, my next child that's coming is, is going to be a girl too. So dad is going to be reading to his girls for quite some time. That's awesome. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because there's, I mean, there's definitely a shift in the, in, in racial diversity of characters and authors. So I'm glad that you're adding to that pool. Um, but there's still work to do. So I'm glad that, you know, people are noticing that and, you know, moving in the right direction with that. So I agree. Um, I agree. Um, I was, you know, that's funny that you mentioned that too, because I see us getting back to the pureness of art where it doesn't become this this racially motivated thing it becomes blindfolded and it just it's just art you know like i said uh i i worked with my artists and and we conveyed something that it was beautiful it came out um and that's that's all i want to do i my my artwork is so wide you know, it's such a large variety. You're going to get stuff from me where you're going to be like, is this the same author? It is, but that's what's beautiful. It's it's basic. It's so, it's so liquid. It's so fluid. It's just like I can write whatever comes out of me. And I can touch all of the world, not just one subjugation, not just one group. I can touch the whole world. You know, somebody in Australia has picked up this book and is reading it to their daughter and then and they're, the mother and the daughter are reading it. And, and when they find out that there's a friendship and there's a bond there, it's beautiful. And I will write books that pertain to my ethnicity. And I will write books that pertain to the world. I will write books that make people cry. You know, things of that nature. It's, it's so beautiful. Don't stop. If you're out there, if you're writing a book, don't be scared. Take leaps, take chances and put yourself out there. You know, it's just the name as the author. What's really important is what the reader gets from reading that book. Definitely, thank you for those words of encouragement for our listeners, that is awesome. So who are some of the authors and writers that inspire you? Uh, so I am actually a really, really big Dean Koontz fan. Oh my goodness, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's, uh, hey bud. Uh, he's definitely, uh, it's kind of like, I would say more so a mystery guy and odd Thomas books. Are you familiar with it? Have you heard the name of them? No. So if you get a chance to take a look at it, it's just the writing, the way it comes from, uh, it's, it's beautiful. Like I said, Peter Jackson, I've read all of the Percy Jackson and Olympians. Um, when it comes to children's books, I love Curious George. Uh, I always mess this up, but, um, what is it, the very bad, no good, 
something day. I always mess it up, but that was one of my favorites uh, 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 as I was a child. And it just Sometimes goes about how absolutely nothing in the day could go right. And I don't know, as I think personally as a human being, I, I feel like that day exists for all of us. That just, it can't go right day where it's to the point, like before the day's over, you don't even want to say it can't get worse because you're like, it probably could. So uh, yeah, um, Deborah Harkness, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, she's right now, she's doing the discovery of witches right now. It's a season right now that's out. Uh, like I said, my variety in books are very vast. So I read quite a bit, uh, but when it comes to children's books, I always, I've always loved Curious George. Uh, Matilda. Um, let's see what else is out there. Uh, just all authors. I don't stop at one. I pick up a book and I say, what can I learn and how can I feel? I think that's what I really want to know. I want to know how is this book going to change me? How do I take on part of whatever the, the author was trying to give me? Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for, for sharing that. So I know you talked about how much you love writing and it energizes you, but what do you consider your writing kryptonite or challenges uh, that you experience when you're writing? Doubt and time. I, I, I uh, doubt. I think doubt is a big thing. And I, I, it's weird because I respect it and I fear it at the same time. Doubt is, is so large because if you think about it on a, on a larger scale, how many people have never achieved something that was there for them, but they never took the chance? So when, when I was speaking of the, the dollar amounts that, you, that were unforeseen and, you know, that doubt starts to seep in, you know, like, hey, man, here's another hundred and something dollars you got to pay. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm probably not even good enough to do this. You know, so I'm like, why should I finish it? I'm probably, you know, this is probably not exactly what you should be doing anyways. And time, time is, is a very valuable asset. You know, uh, obviously, I don't know if you are, but I'm still working a full-time job. And, you know, you have to stay true to your, obviously your, what you have to do here, you know, your responsibilities as a parent, as a husband, those things really do kind of dissuade you from finishing. You know, you, you don't really want to tell your loved one, hey, I invested about maybe two grand into putting out this children's books that we probably won't see a positive cash flow dollar for about two to three years. It's, it's very hard to take in. It's very hard to convince someone that, you know, an idea can become tangible and it right. can become fruitful. Right, I right. think this is definitely a really, really long run game. So for those who think that they're going to be a millionaire in a couple of months, you are wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. I, I would I would go as far to say that maybe in some sordid world, it does happen to very, very few. But I imagine those are already people who are on a higher platform. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Um, most of the, well, the people who make money from their books are those who already have that large platform. So if you're already an A-list celebrity, people are going to buy your book. If you're a self-published, you know, author, um, the likelihood of selling those thousands of books and, and raking in the millions is much lower. So I do think some people have um, uh, misconceptions about how how many books they're gonna sell. They they do. Um, I, I did. I did honestly, but I I had a I had a very pessimistic. I was like, man, I probably might not even sell ten of these things. For me, the value was in the completion. I don't know if that means anything, but the completion of it, knowing that I saw this all the way through. Sometimes I just open the page and look at the copyrights page and I look at the company name and I look at the, 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 the thank you to my wife and I'm like, man, did you write this? And for me, that's a big value. For me, anything else is a plus. Money is a plus. People saying, I read your book and I enjoyed it, that is a plus. You know, so definitely, 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 that's a big thing. Um, I would also put one more little uh, precursor out there to authors is coming out. Know what you want from this. Because a lot of people don't understand the percentages that goes with this. Self-publishing is awesome from a self-publishing stand that you're not using a platform. So like, yeah, I got 500 books in my, in my warehouse at home or my garage. However, all of the support 
for you to sell those books is completely on you. And then when you start using venues like Ingram Sparks and, and Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and things of that nature, the percentages are like, it's like a bad NFL contract or something, you know, like this person gets 30, this person gets 20, this person gets, so keep that in mind, you know, um, it is, it's, it's something I have to come to terms with in the process of this, you know, with saying, because someone who's a critically acclaimed writer can sell a book for probably $8 and the value of the book will probably only be maybe $4 for them. But if they sell a hundred thousand books, it's a good idea. But we're just starting. So if you think that you're going to make 100000 off of uh, getting a $2 to $1 return, that's not going to happen. Yes, right yes. Uh, thank you for that dose of reality. I'm sure our listeners appreciate that. Um, the other part of that, um, the, the main pro of self-publishing, or at least from my perspective, is that creative control. So when you traditionally publish, there's rules and um, they'll select your editor, they select your illustrator, they select your cover, um, they get a percentage of your royalties, et cetera, you get in advance, things like that. So um, oh, yeah. I definitely see the benefit of um, self-publishing is maintaining that creative control. But like you said, um, all those expenses do fall on you as the author. So there's pros and cons to both. Um, but I I'm agree. Glad that you, I still get phone calls that. from ex-Libras to this day. I'm sorry, uh, from... From Ex Libris, it's a publishing company. When I was first starting and I was trying to see what what avenue I wanted to take from this, I started calling a couple of book publishing companies, and it it, it all sounds great, you know, like hey, you know, don't worry about it, don't even think about it. It's not even going to be a bulk price. We're just going to charge you twenty nine ninety nine for the next twenty years of your life, <laughs> you know. So you're like, wait, wait, what? Don't worry about that. Don't worry. It's only twenty nine ninety nine. You'll right. barely even see it coming out of your account, you know. So yeah. Please, please, folks, yeah. read the fine print. Pay attention. Read the fine print. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Definitely the self-publishing was awesome. Uh, being able to continuously be on terms with everybody who had something to do with this, it just, it changes everything. And if, if, if you feel like you're like, I don't like the way this is going, you don't have to be bullied with, hey, this is the way I think people would like it. You know, maybe people would have veered me towards writing a racially motivated book. That's not what I wanted to write right now. I wanted to write a book that people would love. And I think that's what I did. So um, as the time goes on, I will write books that I feel I want to put out. So I agree with you that that's self, For sure. that self-control is a big one. Absolutely. And um, that's part of the reason why I did. Um, choose to go, you know, with a hybrid publisher so that I maintain the control. Um, so one of the biggest uh, terms or, or words that we hear in the writing world is writer's block. So is that something that you have um, experienced? And if so, how did you overcome that? I don't think I, I don't think I experienced writer's block per se. I, I feel like, I don't know if anybody can relate to this. I have a, a, a very high capacity to process thoughts. So I don't know if anybody else has this, but like when I have a thought, I have to get to a pen and paper, my cell phone, uh, Samsung has Samsung notes. I have to get to it immediately. What I find is that when I have that thought, it flows like really fast. Uh, so whenever I get into a writing uh, binge or something like that, I got to write it all the way through. You know, some of these books were written in, in a matter of, of minutes, if not longer. Uh, so I tend to find a lot of open projects. Uh, and and that, that is not healthy. So how I compete with that is I set a goal so it's almost like saying, uh, you know, when you move into your house and you want to look at uh, color palettes, right? So when you're looking at color palettes, they're all they're on is a little piece of paper. They're unfinished. You have it, but they're unfinished. So I just choose one every once in a while. And I say, you know what? This is what I want to finish. You know, so I get an idea. I run with that idea. And I love it because sometimes it's good, but there are also, there's a, there's a backdrop on it. It can also sound like two different authors wrote it. 
And that's what I learned. And that's why for, for me, it's really big to just get all of that out. Because sometimes if you reapproach something, maybe months or days or something like that, your perspective on your outlook of whatever can be different. So sometimes when you go back into that, someone reads it, man, this looked like two authors wrote it, like two different people wrote it, you know, because you had that idea. So for me, I don't know. I don't really know if I have something educational for that. I would say if you have an idea, do your best to just get it out. Don't hold it. Don't sit on it. Don't let it fester. Get it out. There's so many media things, tablets, cell phones, your work computer, email it to yourself. You know, just write it on notes, email it to yourself, but get it out. Do not sit on it. Get it out. And yeah, I think I definitely yeah. agree with that. Um, I text myself all the time or I'll email myself or um, it's usually uh, through my phone. I'll text or email myself. Don't do too much uh, pen to paper unless I'm doing a to-do list. But thank you for sharing those um, tidbits um, with our listeners. That's, that's awesome. I'm glad that you shared that. So another um, concern that comes up a lot with my clients and just authors in general is how to market your book. So what were some of the things that you did um, once you released uh, uh, Darla's Scarf? How did you get your book out there to the world? Uh, I, I believe I'm a firm believer. I, I want to respectfully say, and, and looking to my elderly, but I want to say I'm a, I'm a firm believer in respects to people who did it before me and people who can give me advice. And people, this is a hard one for people to take because somebody might not think a manager of a nursing home would have advice for somebody who's writing a book, but that's not technically true. So I take advice from everybody. So me personally, um, considering that being in the workforce and being in, in managerial positions prior to you, I would make it an option or, or a need to listen to everyone's point of view or perspective on it. And through listening to that, I started by first going through Facebook. That was my number one avenue to go through. I did not, which I should have, and I'm learning now there's a possibility to do is that you can go through KDP and they will allow you to do a pre-order sales, which would have put me in a position to have the finances to pay for the book. But sometimes you got to learn the hard way. Um, so my avenues were, I actually took out a Google ad, which is completely possible. It doesn't seem like it'd be tangible, but it is. So I wrote the Google ad as a company. So my, I have a company currently right now, CML Enterprises. It's running as a publishing company. I used that and I put the print of the book along with my website under it. So every time I get a click, it's a matter of sense. I think over a time frame of a month, I think it ended up costing me about $21. So it was ran as a job ad, but it wasn't about the ad itself. It was about getting somebody to my webpage. So I do have a webpage that is uh, called The Amazing World of Darla. You can find it on chrisrsykes.com. It covers the book. It covers the company. It gives you a website that you can go to. Wherever you can find a place to put a picture of your book up, wherever you can find a place to put Amazon, that you can purchase it on this, do it. Um, I was fortunate enough through the author groups to find someone who does commercials, made a little commercial of the book. I put that up as a Facebook ad. All of these things are available to you. Resources, resources, resources. Please, please. It's going to be very hard. And I know this is not a fair thing to say. Don't find yourself in a woe me self, woe me situation. Figure it out. You know, it's all there if you just talk to people and people are willing to tell you. They're saying, hey, look, oh, I know somebody who, um, who does the ads. You know, you can go on Facebook ads. My illustrator was awesome. My digital illustrator, she gave me particular pictures of the book. And I used that as my own advertisement. And I just started posting up different pictures of the book, posting it up on Facebook. I opened myself up to Instagram. I got a following on there. And this might seem a little bit diverted or distracted, but I put my family up there. So I made me very relatable. Mm -hmm. And through my family, I gained a following. And through the yeah. following, I gained enough people to kind of slide in my little, hey, by the way, 
Darla scarf is out. Why don't you take a look at it on uh, the amazing world of Darla, you know, and, and get a following. I don't care. Make a video. Put yourself out there. To be honest with you, the only person you can blame at the end of the day is yourself. It really is. The amount of success goes in what you value it as, and the amount of success goes with how much work you put into it. Don't stop. Find any way. Talk to people. And I think that's one of people's biggest things is because they're like, oh, I don't really want to bother anybody. You know, I don't really know how to use social media. Okay. So obviously, you don't, you don't, you don't want to be out there. But yeah, um, definitely. So I would say just to kind of recap, Instagram, Facebook, I'm on Google Ads. You can look up CML Enterprises and you can look up the book. I have my own website for the book. You can do the website through wix.com you can also do the website through godaddy.com and you can verify that your website name is good for the book so one thing that i learned though unfortunately i don't say it's unfortunate is that i did a website for the book darla scarf but as i continue to write books am i going to continue to make more web pages or tie it in so i came up with an idea is that i'm just going to put darla scarf and friends as the website and then I can cover all the books in that website. Um, what else? Make a business card. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, oh, don't have a brain fart right now. Um, Vista Prince. Vista Prince does a hundred for like, I want to say, twenty nine ninety nine. Make a business card. Put your website on it. Put your email on it. Um, word of mouth. Fantastic. Right now, currently, I'm working on promoting my book from a standpoint of I've been going into libraries. I've been going into bookstores. As a matter of fact, I went to Ollie's today. So to give you an idea of the math so you can really understand it, because I think this is what people really want to hear. So the purchase for my book, I think it came to like $5.87. Um, and I was like, I saw the books in Ollie's were like $8. So now you got to start thinking, how do you actually make a dollar from that? So once again, it goes back to my point. What do you want from this, right? Someone can't tell you to read your book if they can't read it. So yeah, um, definitely. There's so many venues. There's so many venues, but you just got to start. I would say Facebook is like the number one go-to. Get a, get a following. And if you got a following, find somebody else who's got a following. And I also use that too. I put myself out there. Um, I put myself out to Angela Lee, Will Smith. They were all on Instagram. I put myself out to Steve Harvey and I don't even know. I think I got a response back from, um, actually I got a response back from uh, Angela Lee or maybe her team. And I said that, Hey, I will give you guys a free book. You know, just, just give me an opportunity to put my name out there. Give me an opportunity to say, Hey, this is what it is. And you never know. I've been my biggest thing for me. And I don't know how people will interpret this. I've been trying to reach out to people outside of the United States, right? So obviously Amazon reaches people in the United States. I've been trying to reach out, like I have a contract with this gentleman from um, UK. He has a website, you can find it on my page. He uh, posts all new arts, artists and authors. Whatever venue you can get on, get on it. Like I said, the only person ultimately that's gonna stop you is you. Definitely. Thank you so much for that knowledge. Um, and I definitely agree. Um, you mentioned, you know, sharing pictures of your family, um, giving that personal touch. That definitely makes a difference. People like people. People want to connect with other people. So when you do share personal elements of your life, you increase the likelihood that someone um, will like you, get to know you, and then trust you. Of course, we all know, um, you know, in business and, and, and authorhood and all that good stuff, uh, like like know and trust is very important. So I'm glad that you put that out there. Um, and that's something that I have to constantly remind myself because I usually default to business, but I know it's important to have that personal touch too. So thank you for reminding me of that and also sharing that with our listeners. And I also agree um, with uh, branching outside of your local um, district or your local area. Um, one, of my, one of the quotes that I say is, um, local is cool, but global is better. Fantastic. So there's nothing wrong with, you know, having your, you know, local fan base or your local um, connectors, but the world is huge. Um, there's it no reason for you to limit yourself to your hometown or the United States or whatever country you're in. So I uh, thank you also for that tidbit. And I'm always um, eager to 
branch out and and connect with people outside of here and uh, like yourself I've you know done podcasts you know that are that broadcast overseas I've interviewed authors who are from India and I've you know edited books from authors in the UK so I'm really glad that you you know dropped that on uh, those nuggets for our listeners encourage them to uh, broaden their horizons and that's awesome and you actually told me something I didn't know you have a uh, I believe it's the CML Publishing Company. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because a lot of our listeners, like you, you know, myself, and also like you, um, they have full-time jobs, um, but they're also entrepreneurs. So, uh, what was that um, inspiration behind starting your publishing company? And what would you recommend to other authors who maybe want to go into publishing? Um, this is probably not going to be the most visible thing, but if you look here, okay, uh, <laughs> this is actually a deed. Coming from the state of Connecticut. Okay, yeah, I can see it. And it just goes to show ownership. Um, for me, how do I keep this as simple um, without over explaining it? Value. Uh, like I said, you 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 have. I I can't say have to. It would be in your best interest to listen to other people, to view other people from a, a, a spectacles standpoint. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to have an opinion or, 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 or any type of gripe with them, but other people are already doing this. You know, how much longer can you watch somebody be successful and talk about how you are not? So when I thought about that, I got some really, really fantastic advice. When you're writing a book, think about a brand. Anybody can write a book. How do you make this a brand? How do you continue it? How do you put it into a residual income? How do you put it into a residual thing that readers will want? Blankets, pillows, coffee cups, book bags, things of that nature. So not only that, so when you go into self-publishing, you do lose a little bit of the profits. Every piece of merchandise that you produce, anything outside of that book, that's all you. My family is very important to me. I'm a very big family man. I love family. I was raised by a, a very large, let's meet every holiday and let's find out what's going on in your life family. It's really big to me. My company's name is actually CML Enterprises, which means Chris Maria Leah. That's me, my wife, and my daughter. I did that for ownership purposes. Um, the business is actually going to be running under something else, but for right now, I use it as an umbrella of a self-publishing company. When I found out that that was completely possible, it is. Um, that was a little bit of a process. You can also use GoDaddy too for that. So you can look for your name, you can publish it. As you self-publish it, it'll allow you the opportunity to open a bank account within the business name so that no longer are your finances integrated with your everyday average finances. Now you start pulling finance that go into a particular pot. You can start looking at that for taxes and you can track it from a spreadsheet standpoint. Um, also using that, I was able to make another Facebook page that was based upon the business and use that. That's how I got that Google ad. Why not self-publish your own books? Fully integrate it and fully take yourself into it. And you never know. I mean, if this is something that for whatever reason it does take off, I will fully integrate into it. And I will slowly make it to the point where I have the finances or the, uh, the ability to publish someone else. You know, so that was a process. GoDaddy is a way you can start. You start by typing in the name, you get you a name. Um, you're going to have to figure out what the umbrella is. If you want it to be just self-publishing alone, that's completely possible. Mm -hmm. uh, mine right now is under the umbrella of self-publishing services and consulting. Obviously, I want to get that merchandise out there. That will be the next step. Yes, having that, yeah, having that, you get the file underneath a corporate, you know, so it's, it's, it's ownership. It's mine. It's my right. family's. We share it. Right. When my daughters get older, I can say, young ladies, if you want right. to take this over, if you want to write, it's yours. Absolutely. Uh, thank you again for sharing that. And I, I agree 100%. Um, I also have an umbrella company, Poland Enterprises LLC. And then I have Love for Words, which is my editing company, registered under that as a DBA. So I'm definitely um, excited to hear, um, you know, our people, our Black people taking advantage of ownership, owning businesses, starting their own programs, their own, um, you know, passing down generational wealth, 
um, considering how difficult it is for our people to do that because of the restrictions and systematic oppression and institutional racism, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't have to, you know, tell you about that. But considering all of the things that uh, we are up against, I'm always super excited to hear that we we know what we need to do and we're doing it. So um, that's not always a discussion. A lot of times we tend to focus on the negative, but I'm glad to hear that you're you're taking control of that and um, realizing you know, that you need the, the wealth and passing down for your family. So that's awesome to hear. And I'm sure that our uh, listeners also appreciate that. Because as I said, a lot of them, you know, either are entrepreneurs or pursuing that. Um, is there, um, in, in wrapping up, what is one thing that you would like to um, recommend or leave with our listeners um, on this episode? I would say I was fortunate enough to have a great family. Um, they instilled in me everything. I have had such a wide understanding. My understanding has never been limited. And I guess you could say narrow or linear. If you feel like there is a design, there is a construct that says that this is how you have to be. That is not true. There is no particular set of people that are capable of having ownership. There's no particular set of people that are capable of being wealthy. There's not, there's only those who are willing to put in the effort and the work. So please, if I can leave you with something, don't limit your resources to what you know in the constructs of your life. It's a lesson that took me forever to learn. And that's okay because, like I said, I've never really considered myself a big intellect. Life has taught me the best lessons I think I could ever get in my life. Um, please do not resort to just saying, oh, well, this is all I know. So this is all I can do. Because that's not fair to blame the world if that's all you're saying. It's not fair, you know? If there is more and somebody stops you, now that's a whole nother different ball game. But if no one's stopping you, why are you stopping yourself? Don't stop yourself. Find your resources and stop. <sighs> Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to look at people from a non-judgmental standpoint. So instead of saying, oh, look at those rich people over there, you know, they're all uppity. Challenge yourself to ask yourself, how did they accumulate their wealth? Not only how did they accumulate their wealth, how did they maintain it? And who helped them to get it? You know, um, I'm 36, I'll be 37 next year. I have a goal to be completely uh, self-employed, not a business owner, even though I will, but remember, it's about tangible and, and, and reliable goals. Self-employed by 45. What does that mean to me? By 45, I shouldn't have to work for anyone but myself. I have another goal is to be 40, to be at $100,000 a year. That's either by my job or my business. And I guess lastly, I'm gonna leave you with is be very careful <laughs> of making rash decisions. Just because you sold 20 books doesn't mean that you can go in and curse out your boss. Right. You know, have, like I said, have a reasonable outlook on it. Continue to work. Continue to find that time to do your projects. If something's working for you right now while you're building it, do that and continue to build your brand. But have realistic goals. Um, to all those who are out there who are watching this, who watched it, and it's... um you know, fruition there, that's full, fullness of the video. I appreciate it. I love you guys. Um, anybody who's just trying to come up and just trying to do something different and change the outcome. I love you guys. Um, for my readers out there that are reading Dollar's Scarf, <laughs> continue to read it. Yes. <laughs> stay, stay posted. So much more coming out. Um, CML Enterprises, chrisrsykes.com. You can go to my website, the uh, 
site for uh, Amazon is there. You can go on Amazon.com. You can find Darla's scarf there. It will be more to come. You'll see merchandise coming out here very soon. And me and Miss uh, Katyra here will continue to talk. Yes. And maybe we'll figure out something to go with our businesses to just continue to grow, grow wealth, grow imagination and, and grow a brand. Definitely. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate uh, the parting words and thank you for telling everybody where they can contact you and also purchase your book. That is fantastic. Um, and thank you to our listeners. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Again, this is Editor Knows Best. Uh, my name is Katyra Polin. The episodes air every Monday night, anchor.fm slash editor knows best. That's 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, feel free to visit that site um, and connect with me if you would like to be a guest. And thanks again so much, Chris. I really appreciated the conversation, learning more about your book, your journey, and um, hearing all of the uh, great and powerful advice that you shared with me and, and our listeners. Thank you so much, Katara. Please take her up on it. It was fantastic. The process and just getting to it was very smooth. You were definitely open to continuing communication with me in the process. Thank Please you. take her up on it. It's awesome. Thank you guys so much. You guys have a great evening. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the CEO of Love for Words, which is an editing boutique. And I work with authors to help them polish their manuscripts before they're published. I just wanted to share that I do have a great resource for the current and also aspiring authors. Editor Knows Best. It's an ebook that gives you an overview of what editing is, the different types of editing, what to expect from an editor, and some tips on how to select your editor. So you can head over to my website, polandllc.com slash shop, and you can actually download a free copy. So I hope you go over there and learn more about you know, what it takes to hire an editor, work with an editor, or even become an editor. Feel free to send me a message through my website, email me at poland at polandllc.com or message me on either Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. If you have questions about the ebook, my services, or you'd like to have a consultation with me. Thanks so much for tuning in and be safe and be well, everyone.